Good morning, everybody. It's lovely to see you here. Are we excited for part two of our three-week mini-series on missional communities? That's so much better than the half nine. I shouldn't have said that because this is recorded, isn't it? So, just a, just a quick summary of what we did last week and then lead into what we're going to do today. We were looking at what it looks like for us here at CCS to be a community of empowered disciple makers on mission. And that's the definition we're giving to missional communities here at Christchurch Southport. And last week we focused on that first word, community. What it looks like for us to be in community with one another. And we looked at a life shape, which is the bread and butter of a missional community. We looked at what it looks like for us as a community to look up in prayer and praise to God. And we were going through Luke 6, where we see Jesus spending all night in prayer to his Father. So we saw that. We then looked at what it looks like for us to be a community where we are looking in towards the people who are there in the community. Us being a community where we love one another and love our neighbours outside of the community. We learn together and we do life together. And then we saw how Jesus, once he's chosen the 12, and that's where we saw, that's where we're looking at the word in, we saw Jesus then go out with his disciples to proclaim the gospel, heal the sick, go on mission and perform miracles. And this life shape up, in and out is the lifeline of a missional community. So that's why we introduced that. And we spoke a little bit more about that at the workshops, if you were able to come to those um, in the week. Now today, we're going to be looking at what it looks like for us to be empowered disciple makers. The second part of that definition. And then Steve next week will finish with what it looks like for us all as a community of empowered disciple makers to go on mission together. So let's look at this phrase, empowered disciple makers. I need to just put this into context for you. I need to put what it looks like for us to be a disciple first off into context of how it was when Jesus was here on earth 2,000 years ago. Because Jesus didn't invent, he didn't come up with discipleship. Interesting. We see throughout history that Plato and Socrates, as an example, have disciples. They are hundreds of years prior to Jesus coming here in his incarnate form here on earth. We see that the Jewish rabbis, the teachers, they had disciples. And Jesus comes along 2,000 years ago and he calls people to be his disciples. He didn't invent it. He was culturally relevant, though, that he drew upon something that was so ingrained in the Jewish education system. The Jewish education system was threefold. A bit technical, but just bear with me. It was threefold. Every single Jewish boy and girl up until the age of 12 went to the equivalent of our CCS kids. They would go to the temple and synagogue and they would be taught through Genesis through Deuteronomy. They would memorize it so that they could live their life as a good Jew. Why are those books so important? Because they are the Jewish 
laws. So every single Jew, man and woman, did that up until the age of 12. And this stage of learning was called the house of the book. Next, at the age of 12, women would go and be married. So the women education system had stopped by that point. And you went into, if you were a man, and you were quite elite, really, you went into the second stage of the Jewish apprenticeship uh, education system called the House of Learning. Think CCS Youth. It was that good back 2,000 years ago. It was that good. And these men would go through the scriptures up until the prophets. So Genesis through to the prophets. Now, not all men did this. At the age of 12, as I say, women got married. Some of the men went off to apprentice to their father in whatever business that was. But a number of these elites went on to the second stage. The elite of the elite went on to the third and final stage of the Jewish education system. These are like the 99.9% of people wouldn't get to this point. The 0.1% of Jewish men, at roughly the age of 16, 17, got to this point. And this is interesting. This is the interesting bit. No, it's all interesting, Simon. Of course it is. This third stage was called discipleship. That's our translation of it. This was called discipleship. And what happened here was that these men, at the age of 16, 17, would have seen a number of rabbis, a number of teachers, teaching throughout their education up to this point. And they would aspire to one of them. And they would go to that rabbi and say, could you interview me so that I could follow you? So the rabbi would sit down with them. He would interview them. He would see how well they knew the scriptures. He would see from the second stage of the education system how well they could debate, how well they were living out the scriptures. And if the rabbi thought this person could be their disciple, he would say, come follow me and be my disciple. Isn't that interesting that that's a very similar language to what we see Jesus saying to the disciples, to the 12 apostles, and as us as disciples from then on. Come follow me and be my disciple. Now, there are three goals to discipleship. This third stage of the elites of the elites of being a disciple to a rabbi. The first stage was this, that you were to be with your rabbi. Think an apprentice, apprentice, they follow and watch every single thing that their master does. These disciples would spend years with their rabbi, following them, eating with them, being with them, pretty much 24-7. They lived in a kind of community together so they could see and get every single ounce of wisdom and teaching that the rabbi did. Not simply to others, as the rabbi taught in a similar situation to this, but as he was in his daily life. There was this compliment in first century Palestine that said, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. The disciple was so close in proximity to their rabbi that as the rabbi was walking around in Palestine, 
the dust from the sandals would flick up onto the disciple because they were that close. They were that close that they were getting so much from their rabbi. The second goal was to become like your rabbi. If you spend so long with somebody, you often become like them, don't you? And the whole purpose of being a disciple was that you were with your rabbi so that you could become this kind of carbon copy of your rabbi, taught like they taught, interacted as they interacted, showed compassion and love as they showed compassion and love. You became like them. Also, the third goal was so that then they would go out and be a rabbi themselves. Be with your rabbi to become like your rabbi so that the rabbi would say to you after years of apprenticeship to him, he would say, you are now ready. You are ready to go out and be a rabbi for yourself. You go and get followers for yourself. And then that person would become a rabbi and be released. That's the context that Jesus comes into as he calls his own disciples to follow him. Now, there was a difference to Jesus doing that, but the goals were the same, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, to then go out as Jesus did. This brings us to our passage today. We're going to work through it similarly to what we did last week. Matthew 9, 35 and 30, through to 38 for this first part, this first goal to be with Jesus. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. These disciples are with Jesus. And in this passage alone, they are seeing Jesus teach. They are seeing Jesus proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. They are seeing Jesus heal every kind of disease and sickness. I would love to see that. Every kind of disease and sickness. Jesus is healing and they see him have compassion and they see his call to his disciples that the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. In other words, go out on mission. As the disciples are with Jesus, they are seeing all this. But this isn't the only things that they have seen, even at this early stage in Matthew up to this point. They have seen Jesus call them anyway. They have seen the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest teaching of all time from Jesus. They have seen Jesus do other miraculous things, drive out demons, heal the sick. They have seen Jesus do natural miracles, calming of the storm. They are with Jesus and they have seen so much. This is a goal for us. Because the disciples were with Jesus, our goal in our discipleship is also to be with Jesus. But how can that be today? Because those 12 men that Jesus called to be his 
disciples, to go on discipleship with him, they were physically with Jesus. Jesus, in his incarnate form as the Son of God, here on earth as a human, is no longer here. We praise God for that because he died, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, which is where we can be, where we can go when we pass on from this life. So we praise God for that. But how then do we transpose being with Jesus today for us when the physical Jesus is no longer here with us? Well, we turn to the last words that Jesus says in Matthew. He says this. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How can that be when a few moments later, Jesus ascends up to be at the right hand of the Father? Well, we read this in Acts. This is almost just before he leaves this earth. He says this. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized by the Spirit. How can we be with Jesus now? Because it is possible for us to be with Jesus 24-7 now as the disciples were uh, 2,000 years ago. How? Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit living in us, working through us, interceding for us, so that we can have that relationship with the living, raised King of kings and Lord of lords. It is through the Holy Spirit that we can be with Jesus. So the goal of discipleship, the first one, be with Jesus, we can do that. We can be with Jesus through the power of his Holy Spirit. On a practical level, how do we do that? Through our spiritual disciplines, through prayer, through reading the Bible, through spending time with him. We looked at that last week. Go back last week and look at that if you missed it. The second goal then, be with Jesus to become like Jesus. The disciples spend three years with Jesus becoming like him, becoming this carbon copy of Jesus. When we as a family moved to Liverpool, I was 17. And that was between my year 12, my year 13 year. And I didn't want to leave my school in Cambridge halfway through my A-levels because I thought it would disrupt my education. So we as a family decided that I would remain in Cambridge when my parents were up here in Liverpool for that one year. And my dad came to be a vicar of a church in Liverpool. And so I was at home in Liverpool only in the holidays. We moved up in the summer and the Easter... So been in Liverpool for kind of eight months, but only really there in the holidays. In the Easter, I went to a Tesco's in Liverpool, not in the parish, not even that close to the parish. And I bought these things and I put them on the till. And this lady on the till looked at me. And she said, are you, uh, are you Gary's son? And I was like, whoa, yes. How do you know my dad? She was like, oh, I've been to your dad's church a couple of times. You look so like him. And I thought, great. 
I'm 17, I look like a 50-year-old, thanks. But she said, no, no, it's, it's more than that. You're like, your mannerisms are the same. The way you speak is the same. Now, to be fair, I was from Cambridge. I grew up in Cambridge. I didn't have a Scouse accent, so my accent did stand me out. But something stuck with me that day. Because I had never seen this lady before. She had never been at church at the same time that I had been in my dad's church. Something struck me. That I had been with my earthly father for 17 years. We all become like our parents in some way, don't we? And there was something about me that this lady looked upon me and thought, you are Gary's son. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't it be amazing if we were walking down the streets, we went into a supermarket, went into our place of work, went into a house on our streets, and someone said to us, are you a believer of Jesus? Are you a Christian? There's something about you, there's something about the way you live, the way you speak, the way you act, that is so Christ-like. I so want that. I don't particularly want to be recognised as Gary's son. I do want to be recognised as the son, a child of God. Yes? Do you want that for you? Do you want to be with Jesus so that you become so like him? That is our goal of discipleship, to become like Jesus. But there is more to it than simply becoming like him. Because for us to be an empowered disciple, by being with Jesus to become like him, we come empowered through Jesus. Let's look at the next bit of our passage in Matthew. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. Jesus called his disciples together. So they've been with him, and they're starting to become like him. Not very successfully yet, but they're starting. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and to heal every kind of disease and illness. Jesus' disciples were given power and authority over evil spirits and the power to heal in Jesus' name. Who wants that? Just three of us. A few more now. Okay, who wants that? I want that. I want to be an empowered disciple because I'm with Jesus and I become like him, and because I become like him, I am empowered by the gifts that Jesus wants to give. And we can have this too. This is Acts verse one, uh, sorry, Acts chapter one, verse eight. Jesus says to them, "You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth." I want to be an empowered disciple of Jesus. I wonder if you want the same. I want this kind of thing to happen. This is Peter, so one of the disciples. This is in Acts, so Jesus has already ascended. He's spent three years with Jesus. He has become more like him. He has been baptized by the Holy Spirit. This is post-Pentecost. And it, Acts says this. He's just on this speech, Peter, and, he's, and it says... Peter's words 
pierced their hearts. And they said to him and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and to your children and to all those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. We don't hear what that was. I wish we did. Strongly urging his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to that number 3,000 to the church that day. I want to be an empowered disciple who makes disciples because I am empowered by the gifts that God has given to me so that when I preach, my words pierce into the hearts of those who are hearing them and that 3,000 people come to know Jesus. That's what I want. Not for my glory, This was not for Peter's glory. This was all for the glory of God. We are empowered disciples for God's glory. What is the third goal of discipleship? To be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, to go out and do what Jesus did. I'll skip slightly in the Matthew passage, the list of the apostles. We looked at briefly at that last week. This is Matthew 10, verses 5 to 8. Jesus sent out those 12 apostles with these instructions. Don't go to Galilee. Uh, sorry, don't go to the Gentiles or the Samaritans, but only to the people of Israel, God's lost sheep. That's a bit confusing. We won't look at that today. We will look at that another time. But this is the important bit for today. Verse 7. Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. This is not an account of what Jesus did, even though we know he did all these things. This is Jesus saying, you are empowered by the gifts I've given you for you to go and heal the sick. For you to go and raise the dead. For you to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. Man, I want that. I want that so much. I want to be an empowered disciple maker. To go out and do as Jesus did. Can we skip to the next slide, please, Dave? That's all right. This is a kind of a traditional view of the difference between discipleship and mission. That discipleship is all about us and what we gain, our own spirituality, our own prayer life, our own walk with God. That, oh sorry, go back, sorry Dave. That we are with Jesus and as we are with Jesus, we become like Jesus. That's all about me and my discipleship, being with Jesus, become like Jesus in the traditional view. And then occasionally we might spin through that infinity cycle and possibly go out and maybe proclaim the gospel but we will always really quickly come back so that we can be with Jesus that's where we're comfortable we be with Jesus to become like him really dwell in that place and then possibly spin out go out claim the gospel but then come back and it's safe here safe in discipleship I want to suggest Dave thank you that this is actually what discipleship is It is that we are with Jesus so that we become like Jesus. 
so that we go out and make disciples, build relationships, get to know people who do not know Jesus, and bring them in to a relationship with Jesus. And as we bring them in, they themselves spend time with Jesus. They themselves become like Jesus because they spend time with Jesus. And they themselves, because they are infused and inspired by being an empowered disciple maker themselves, go out. And they themselves make new disciples who them themselves be with Jesus. Are you with me on the cycle? Are you with me on the cycle? We so often like just to spend time with Jesus. Particularly if we think we're a new Christian. Oh, you know what? I've actually only been a Christian for two years, so I'm, I'm really grounding myself in being with Jesus at the moment. I really feel like I need to work on being with Jesus so that hopefully I can become like Jesus. And really, I need to do the disciple bit. I'm not, I'm not quite ready yet to go out and make disciples. I tell you what, I do not feel ready. I do not feel sufficiently that I've spent enough time with Jesus. And I'm definitely nothing, well, not nothing, hopefully a little bit, like <laughs> Jesus. But I'm definitely nowhere near where he is. So if that was the case, we would all need to spend our time on this right-hand side. But note what Jesus does. The disciples have been with Jesus some time. They have been with him. They are becoming more like him. And what does he do? He sends them out. But this is nowhere near the end of Jesus' time here on earth. The disciples haven't had their full three years of training. It's not that they spend time with Jesus, become like him in a little bubble, that then when Jesus dies, rises again and ascends into heaven, he then says, go out. No, this is during Jesus' ministry. This is during the time the disciples are spending with Jesus, becoming like him. The disciples go out. And in the empowered power of Jesus, go out and they make disciples for themselves. I want this to be my daily cycle. I don't want to spend long periods in any of these things. I want this to be my daily thing where I wake up and I'm with Jesus. Spend time with him in my, my morning prayer with him. Just dwell in his presence so that in that 20 minutes or so, I am daily becoming more like Jesus so that when I step out my door on the morning... I'm in the go out part of this diagram. I have stepped out and the rest of the day is going out, building relationships, hopefully making disciples who I can then bring into being a relationship with Jesus so they themselves can start that daily cycle of being with Jesus to become like him, but daily going out and making disciples in his name. I pray it's not just me, that wants my life to look like this. I pray that as a church, we want our lives to do this. Now, you may be thinking, why am I preaching on this when we're thinking of missional communities? Because we all need to make that personal decision to be empowered disciple makers. Where does that happen best? 
happens best in community, like today, but in those smaller missional communities that we are talking about over these three weeks. There is a massive benefit of doing up, in, and out in community together. Listen back to last week if you didn't catch it. I'd talk about that then. But there is a personal decision that we need to make. Can I invite the band up, please, if that's all right? We need to make that personal decision that we are to be empowered disciple makers. So that as a community, we can go out as a community of empowered disciple makers on mission. Come back next week. That is so key. So, I'm going to ask that if you feel a real stirring in your heart this morning, that you want to be an empowered disciple maker, I want you to stand where you are, please. I want you to stand up in the promise that you will receive the gifts that the Lord is going to give you so that you can be an empowered disciple maker. That's great that it's the majority of the church. I'll just have to pray over you all, which is fab. That's amazing. So Mark, thanks. If that's you, if you're stood up, just put your hands out. Because to be an empowered disciple maker, we need to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus. But as we are, we are gifted by the gifts that he wants to give us so that we can go out and make disciples in his name. If you're sitting down, just pray for those who are around you. Father, I thank you that you have called us to be empowered disciple makers in your name. Lord, may you challenge each and every one of us what it looks like to be with you so that we can become like you, so that we can go out and do what you did in mission and in miracles. Lord, send your spirit down on each of us here this morning. Give us the gifts that you know we need Fill us with your spirit so that we can be empowered in your name. Come, Holy Spirit, fill each of us here. We're going to worship together. If you want something specifically prayed for, or if you want someone just to pray over you, that declaration of you being an empowered disciple maker, come to this side of the church and there'll be someone to pray with you individually. But know that the Spirit is here. Know that we can go out now as empowered disciple makers in his name. Amen.